It is week one of the 2023 college football season. This is the We Hate Your Team podcast, a proud member of the VSN Collegiate Network. I am Kelly Ford of TheLines.com. With me, as always, is my friend and co-host, Zach King. Kinger, week one is here. How we doing, man? Feeling great, man. All the vibes, all the feels. We finally made it. The meat of the college football season, or I guess the, the meat of the kickoff of the college football season. Already looking forward to got the entire slate planned Saturday, all planned out. I look forward to my first Saturday on the couch. I wasn't able to quite do it last week, but I look forward to my first 12-hour day on the couch. What a slate we have starting Thursday night. We're even blessed with some great Sunday night games this week, so the excitement level's through the roof. I'm ready to go. King, it is awesome. I've been talking about this with various people on various kind of outlets. Week zero and week one, they have some wackiness to them. You know, week zero, you have a a condensed slate, only a handful of FBS versus FBS games. Week one, it's awesome, but it's also still kind of weird because you're going from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which we get during the year. But then you tack on those Sunday games, like you said, even a Monday game on Labor Day. It's just, it's an extended celebration of the college football season. That is here. That's beginning. It's so fun, man. I'm excited. I can't wait to talk about these games this week. We're going to do things a little bit differently than we have in the past. We're not going to pick every single game of the Pick'em competition, or rather, I should say, we're not going to discuss them all and dive into them as we have in the past. We've really pulled out you know, five games that we think are super important, super interesting, and ones that we really want to dive into more in depth. So what we're going to do is go through those five, and then at the end of the episode, as always, we will pick our uh, pick them games and give confidence points. Remember to jump in that group. It's a free to join. The winner is going to be able to join us, uh, the season-long winner, will join us for our Bowl Mania episode this year in 2023. And King, that brings me to my exciting announcement today. For this episode, we have with us our 2022 Bull Mania winner. He earned his spot on this podcast. He is Trent Sorensen. Trent, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, Trent. We're pumped to have you. You're a big Iowa State fan, is that right? Tell us a little bit about yourself, about your fandom, and selfishly, man, hey, you beat King and I and everyone else that we had in the Bull Mania competition. I want to know how you did it. So tell us about yourself. Tell us about Iowa State. Uh, go into what you think about the Cyclones this season. They are definitely an interesting team. And then, most importantly for me, how'd you beat me last year, man? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I graduated from Iowa State. Um, big, big Iowa State fan. I was in the, the marching band there. I met my, my wife there. Uh, just love the place to death. A um, uh, little bit of to answer your question about how I beat you guys. Um, my degree from Iowa State was in materials engineering, and I spent a few years in uh, manufacturing process type roles and, and really didn't like it um, and wanted to pivot my career towards data science. Um, and so College Football authored, offered a plethora of data um, to play with and, and try different things I was learning on. So last year was actually my first year, like really trying to use data to predict games I had pretty was relatively successful during the season and then during bowl season was like crazy successful um, so um, yeah no uh, ready for year two of picking games and uh, we'll see if last year was just beginner's luck or not well gosh Trent King you're, you're in for it man because now you got two former engineers with you here Trent that's my background as well I also did I did I was doing design engineering work I didn't like it transitioned out now I'm in college athletics administration so kind of like you have that degree wasn't thrilled with it made a change but dude like 
man, talk about, you know, sticking me in the back with a knife and twisting it. He's like, oh, yeah, I just started out year one. And by the way, I beat you. Like, like I'm like, and I just yeah, rolled. I've been working on this for forever. And he's already crushing me, King. Come on. What, what is this? We can't stand for this. King, what, what do you got about that? Sounds like Trent has got something rolling over here that he should keep the momentum going. Sounds like whatever process method he's got rolling, however he's running his model, it sounds like this is a great start for you, Trent. I wanted to focus on the college football aspect. Was it just because you were a college football fan? Was it Iowa State? Did you start with just Iowa State? Yeah, so I really wasn't much of a football or sports fan before I went to Iowa State. I was I was kind of the band nerd in high school. And then uh, sitting through the games, uh, my first two years were the, the Chiswick years at Iowa State, so that was rough. But uh was uh, learned to learn to love the game and uh yeah that, that's really where my fandom started no i love it man yeah iowa state has definitely had some lean years i mean i think that's probably putting it nicely uh and over the history of iowa state's program but recently i mean they've been exciting you know i'm looking at my kind of k forward power ratings for year end here you know starting in 2017 here's the numbers for them year end uh, k forward power rating finish at the end of the year 27 nationally 2018, 37, 2019, 23, 2020, number eight. Now, I know people are going to say that was 2020. It was the COVID year. It doesn't really count. Well, everyone played. And, well, not everyone. Most teams played. And it's the data that we have. I, I agree it's not perfect. There are, you know, disconnects in there. But they finished number eight in the data that I do have. Number 10 in 2021. And then a little bit of a backslide last year to 46. Uh, coming into this year, currently number 47. But still, when you look at like kind of the history and the trajectory of Iowa State football, it's been amazing since 2017. This might be the best time to ever be an Iowa State fan going back to, what, 1912, the last time they won a conference championship? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Yeah, the cyclone. The cyclones have been fortunate. Where obviously you mentioned already, Kelly Matt Campbell's kind of righted that ship over there. They, uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about tonight. Or got over some humps throughout the last few years. I'm sure we're going to talk about tonight. Kind of the main uh, issues going on with Iowa State right now with the gambling allegations. I know that's a game we're going to discuss. So I'm sure those points will be brought up. But absolutely, program's going in the right direction. I think they're very fortunate that Matt Campbell. Uh, didn't end up jumping ship over these last couple of years because you know the opportunities were there for him. We'll see if that ended up being the right decision. Clearly, he's got some sort of attachment there to Ames, uh, which speaking of Ames, give me the best food joint in Ames, Iowa, Trent. What's the what's the go-to spot when you're on campus? Uh, Hickory Park. Uh, it's got great barbecue. Um, so, yeah, that's a, it's, it's right near right near the campus, near the stadium. Uh, usually a long wait, which is usually a good sign of good food. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. So my girlfriend actually is a graduate of Iowa State as well. And so she's been on me. She's trying to get me to Ames at some point to go watch a college football game. So I look forward to that experience and I'll definitely take notes. I know she talks about a barbecue spot, so I'm sure that's what she's referencing when she mentions it. Trent, one more question for me uh, before we dive in here. I, I got to know, Iowa State, in your opinion, you're an alum, it's your team. Who's your biggest rival? Uh, it's Iowa. I <laughs> It is yeah. Iowa? Okay. I feel like some Kansas State fans might think it's Kansas State. I know they got their thing with Kansas, yeah, right? Yeah, but, got, so that's definitely it's definitely a one and two for you there. Yeah, Farmageddon, I think, is is definitely a two, but uh it, it's the Cyhawk game is is it's not like a the only game on our schedule. I know some there's some people that think that, but it's it's the biggest. It gets the most talk around here, um, gets the office banter. So yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I was just curious, wanted to hear it straight from an Iowa State fan because, geez, on Twitter, and I know Twitter's not real life, but sometimes it's hard for me to differentiate, you know, who do they hate more? And, and that's coming from all the fan bases, but the Kansas State fan base, um, you know, I've 
I've, I've enjoyed hanging out with them a little bit and getting to know them a little more. I was on, on a Kansas State podcast earlier this week, um, picking up some followers from that fan base. But man, the hate is real between Kansas State and Iowa State. But I know Iowa, Iowa State, that, that's Cyhawk. And I love that it's in week two, right? Like it's early in the year. I, to me, it's one of the biggest rivalries in college football. It's got a great, great uh, history tradition. And I like that it's early because we're so used to college football rivalry games late. But I like that it's early. King. Um, how about we toss it back to you real quick because you got to tell our friends an exciting thing from uh, VSN Collegiate before we dive into these games. Yes, absolutely, Kelly. I was going to say, before we start breaking down the week one action, I wanted to remind everybody, all our listeners out there, about the great promotion promo we got going on with Homefield right now. Premium quality vintage college apparel. Everybody should go out there, get some new gear, rep your team this weekend. For first-time buyers, there's get 15% off with promo code Variety Sports. Again, that's 15% off for first-time buyers, promo code Variety Sports. Go get yourself looking fresh. Go pick up some old-school gear and, and get yourself ready for the season. Awesome, Kinger. Love it. Let's make sure we do that. Support our friends at Home Field. Support our friends at Variety Sports Network and the Collegiate Branch as well. All right, guys, it's week one. We've been talking about it all summer. It's here. Let's pick some games. As I mentioned at the top, we're going to do it a little differently. We've identified five games. Kinger picked two. I picked two. And we let Trent, as our guest, pick another game to talk about. I don't think it's going to be hard for people to figure out which one, Trent, you picked. Uh, but we'll get to that one in a second. We're going to go in order that these games are happening. So not in order of importance or what we're most excited about. It's the order these games are happening throughout week one. This is a format we'll follow all year. We'll let our guests pick one, and we'll kind of roll with it and see how it goes. But we're excited about this change, and we hope the listeners are too. I'll take this first game first because it was one that I uh, put out there for, for us to discuss, and that would be Florida at Utah. Guys, I'm really excited about this game. I have Utah minus 7.5, which is a 70% win expectancy. Utah is power rated number 12, while Florida is power rated number 25 in my preseason numbers here. It's a very close matchup between the number 22 Utah defense and the number 23 Florida offense. The difference for me is Utah's number 12 offense against Florida's number 46 defense, plus this game's in Salt Lake City this year. It's worth mentioning Utah has to travel to Baylor next week, so this is a potential look-ahead spot for the Utes, but I don't think so given this is a revenge game for Utah after losing 26-29 in Gainesville last year. To recap, guys, I have Utah minus 7.5 at home. That equates to a 70% win expectancy for the Utes, and yes, I know there is some questionable a question about Cam Rising's health, King. I'm sure you're about to go there. Let's go to you. Yeah, you're exactly right, Kelly. But I am also extremely excited for this one. I mean, the narrative here, you get 14 starters back on this Utah team, won a Pac-12 championship a year ago. Florida team looking for some redemption. No doubt there's some, some talent there. And you mentioned it. Utah's keeping everything pretty tight-lipped, but they have been dealing with some injury issues, most notably to their quarterback, Cam Rising, coming off the torn ACL in the Rose Bowl game. Sounds like, I mean, he mentioned today he was feeling good, but there's still no indication on if he's going to go or not. Kyle Whittingham basically said it's going to be a game-time decision. So that's going to be interesting to watch. Their backups there are Bryson Barnes, Nate Johnson. No real experience. Um, they're saying there's going to be some packages for Johnson regardless if Rising is out, but you got to think that's going to have some, some impact on this Utah offense. I mean, Rising is such a good quarterback. He does a great job taking care of the ball. This is an experienced guy in the system. One big games for them. No doubt this guy is an upper echelon quarterback in, in the Pac-12. So regardless if he plays or not, though, they got a really solid offensive line, really good weapons. If they get good quarterback play, I think they are going to be able to find ways to score on this Florida defense, but 
Kelly, you mentioned you got Florida down ranked in the 40th defense. I'm guessing this season, I think they're going to end up a little bit higher than that. They did struggle last year, but this is a really good front seven for the Gators. They're filled with athletes. They got guys that should be able to get after the quarterback. Good offensive line for Utah, so that's a battle I'm really looking forward to, to watching. Florida, good young talent in the secondary as well, but they are going to have to play better than they did last year. So looking at the other side, I'm, I'm a believer in Graham Mertz this year. I, I think looking back at the system he ran in Wisconsin, just kind of the scheme and everything that he had to deal with with the University of Wisconsin the last couple of years, I think Florida is going to be a better destination for him. I like that Billy Napier is an offensive-minded co coach, and I would not be surprised to see Mertz have a quality year this year. They've got great athletes outside of Mertz. So you look at Utah on the defensive side, they may be lacking some of those big names from years past, but this is still going to be a really good Utah, or Utah defense. So I'm torn on this one. I was looking at this earlier. If you would have asked me a month ago, I was actually going to put a future bet, Utah minus seven on that. You're talking to me these days right here. I'm actually leaning towards Florida if you were to ask me right now. My, the, my game, this game was pulled from my site, so I'm not sure exactly what's going on with that yet. And I'm not sure if Florida wins this game, but I do think they keep it close. So that's going to be one I'm going to keep an eye on over the next few days. I'm taking Utah to win, but I'm, I'm really leaning heavily towards betting Florida on this one. I love it. Trent, what do you think about this game? Yeah, so my numbers uh, like Utah a bit more than yours um but this being my second year doing this i'm still kind of working out my off-season adjustments um so i've got florida by or utah by around 18 points um it's it, it's very it's very high on utah <laughs> so you're hey man i go ahead Kate. so you're telling me trent i should scratch that bet and lay the points on utah i i I'm not giving gambling advice. <laughs> Man, Trent, Trent and I, dude, I tell you what, we are two peas in a pod. We're speaking from the same playbook here. I love it. Trent, don't, I, I, I like that humble approach there. But, dude, don't tell yourself short. You're on the show because your numbers did extremely well in bowl season, which, quite frankly, my numbers struggle in bowl season given – all the uncertainty and all the kind of different circumstances that we have compared to the regular season. So I love it, man. Hey, stick by it. 18. I, does that assume a healthy cam rising? I, I I take it, Trent. That's what you're counting on there in those numbers. I can't yeah, imagine otherwise, yeah. right? It's uh, assuming they look a lot like they did last year. <laughs> There we, there we go. Yeah, and that's my, my numbers again, minus seven and a half. That's, I'm assuming, a healthy cam rising. So if he's not playing or he's not playing up to his potential, certainly think it's going to be closer than that one. All right, guys, second game. Trent, we're coming to you because the next game up here, we've got Iowa State at home against Northern Iowa. Kinger, I'll be honest. I don't know how many times this year we're going to talk about an FCS team, but Trent earned his right to be on here. This is the game he wanted. We're down for it. Let's do it. Trent, you're going to kick us off. Iowa State is at home against Northern Iowa. This isn't, this isn't a walkover game. This, this could be tough, right? No, yeah. Uh, UNI always plays us really tough. Uh, they've come out on top more times than I wish they would have. Uh, but, yeah, when we're talking Iowa State this year, um, the gambling thing is always going to come up. Uh, thankfully, uh, we don't get hit on the defense as hard as the offense got hit. Um, so that defense should be still legit, should be one of the top defenses in the conference, if not the nation. Um, and then I, the losing the quarterback and the Hunter Deckers and the starting running back, Jarrell Brock. Brock um, I mean, that, that hurts, but also offensively last year, we weren't lighting the world on fire. So <laughs> uh, I think, uh, you know, if Iowa State can play the defense they've been playing for the past couple of years and then uh, cut down on turnovers last year, against power five opponents, Hunter Deckers threw 12 touchdowns to 14 interceptions. So 
limit some of those mistakes, the turnovers, make some kicks. We missed a lot of kicks last year. Um, yeah, win the close games. Um, hopefully this one isn't a close game, but if it is, hopefully we come out on the right side of it. Uh, your Kelly, your uh, what if rankings last year just killed me every week. <laughs> sir. Yes, sir. Yes. No, you, you, you said it, Trent. Win the close games. I mean, that's what every coach out there is preaching. If you win your close games, you're going to have a very good year relative to win-loss expectations. So I'm with you there, man. I, I have Iowa State minus 15 in this game. It's an 85% win expectancy. Iowa State is power rated number 47 for me with the number 12 defense. That's projected best in the Big 12. Trent, you kind of touched on that there. On the flip side, it's the number 84 offense. That's projected the worst in the Big 12. Guys, for me, this is the best defense in the conference and the worst defense or the worst offense in the conference. Excuse me. It's crazy just the, the night and day between the two sides of the ball there for Iowa State. Something about the state of Iowa, because Iowa is the exact same way. There's just something about that state. They play good defense. The offense leaves something to be desired. It's worth mentioning, guys. We talked about it earlier. That's why I asked the question of Trent, who's your biggest rival? It's worth mentioning. Iowa State has the Cyhawk game against Iowa next week. I truly believe the Cyclones are going to give Northern Iowa their full attention this week, though. It took Triple OT to beat UNI in 2019. The Cyclones lost this game outright to this team in 2016, 2013, and 2007. I put some some dates there, uh, Trent, with, with the numbers you were talking about earlier. They've lost a few. Those are the years they actually lost them. To recap, I have Iowa State minus 15 at home. That equates to an 85% win expectancy for the Cyclones. I think they're going to take care of business. That offense has got to be better, and the defense needs to live up to its potential if this team is going to be in the mix for you know making a bowl and, and achieving some of their goals. Kinger, what do you think about this game? Not a whole lot to add. I will make one additional comment just to add to your guys' streak of talking about the the historic the hist last few matchups between Northern Iowa and Iowa State. Last two Cyclone wins only by a total of nine points. So Kelly, you listed off some of those wins that that Northern Iowa's had over the last decade or so. Even when Iowa State's won these games, Northern Iowa's found a way to, to keep themselves in it. And it is going to come down to this defense. Northern Iowa's got a pretty decent QB in Theo Day. He can sling it around a bit, but Iowa State up front going to be too much here. I am interested to see what Iowa State does in the offensive side of the ball. You know, they went from being a position where Hunter Deckers, they at least got a reliable QB, hoping he can take another step this year. Now there's a ton of question marks there. But week one here, I'm still feeling pretty confident in the Cyclones, so I think they take care of business, no problem as well. Although that 15, Mark Kelly, you know, I, I didn't even get a line on this. It wasn't even on my site. But that 15, you know, based on the historic trends here, we'll see. We'll see if Northern Iowa ends up keeping it closer. Trent, uh, get in there. Last words, last thoughts on this game since this is your team. This is the one you wanted. Anything, reaction to Kinger and I there in our comments? No, no, I think everything you said is uh, fair. Um, I'll be at the game on Saturday, and I'm looking forward to it. Taking, taking my three-year-old to I, his I, second game. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, Let's what go. was the first game for the three-year-old? Uh, it was Ohio last year. <laughs> Really made it a quarter. Heck I'm yeah, hoping dude. we can make it a half this year. <laughs> <laughs> Baby steps, what's, right? What's the weather? Yeah, yeah. What's the weather going to be like? Is it going to be, you know, cool enough for him out there or her? Him it's going to be hot for him. <laughs> yeah, uh, so we'll, okay. we'll see if we All can right. make it. We'll see how long we can make it on Saturday. All right. Well, we'll be thinking about you. Uh, I think I forgot to mention, I do have an FCS light model this year, not nearly as robust as the FBS model, but in that model, I do have Northern Iowa as the number nine FCS team in the country at that level. So 128 teams at the FCS level this year, I have them number nine. King, we're going to come to you for this one. We've got Boise State going on the road to Washington. This is the Chris, P Chris Peterson Bowl, man. 
What are we thinking about this one? Chris Peterson Bowl and Kelly, you mentioned how much we love Pac-12 late night the other night. I also got to say, I enjoy a nice West Coast mid-afternoon game. Husky Stadium, great venue. You got the sun shining. This is a fun one this weekend. And Boise State, once again, in a real tough opener for them. They lost a tough one on the road at Oregon State last year. This matchup with Washington, sure, definitely not going to get any easier for them. And we can start with really kind of the main focus on this game, probably the best unit that you'll see on the field is going to be this Washington offense. You got to give a ton of credit to Kalen DeBoer and how he's really revitalized this offense these last couple years. They're bringing back the nation's second leading passer, Michael Penix, 2,000-yard wide receivers, Roma Dunze and Jalen McMillan. That's a great place to start. Offensive line had real good success last year. They lost all three of their interior starters. So that's really one to look at this year is, is are they going to be able to protect Michael Penix? Are they able going to be able to give him the time that he needs to make these throws? And I mean, you look at the other side, Boise State defense, top 10 nationally last year. This is a strength of this team. They bring back six, six starters, really good linebackers. Secondary is getting a year older. So this is a unit that I think is going to be able to compete. I think they are going to give Washington some trouble, especially if they can give some interior pressure there. So flipping it around there, Washington's defense, should improve from last year. They really did struggle in the secondary, but their run defense, very solid. That's the strength of the Boise State offense. George Halani, he is one of the best running backs in the country. They also got a secondary right there as well. 2,000-yard rushers. Both these guys could be all-conference this year. So I like this game. 14 and a half is a lot. I'm leaning Boise State on this as well. No bet has been formally placed, but I think consistently stopping Washington is going to be too much for Boise State, but I like them to be in this game for a while, and I think they are going to score some points on this Washington defense. All right, Trent, what about you? What do you think of this game? Yeah, my numbers have Washington by about a field goal. So echoing what Kinger said, you know, maybe maybe look at uh, Boise plus the points there. Love it, man. I like it, Washington yes. by a field goal, yeah. Man, this, this is a couple games now, Trent, where our numbers, I would say they're significantly differing, which, again, I like when things differ. It makes for better conversation, that's for sure. Guys, I have Washington minus 12. Uh, that's an 80% win expectancy. Washington is power rated number 17 for me, while Boise State is power rated number 49. It's a pretty close matchup between the number 50 Washington defense and the number 61 Boise State offense. The difference for me, and Kinger, you touched on it, Washington's offense is number seven, while Boise State's defense is number 36. So again, that's the better side of the ball for Boise State, but there's a bigger discrepancy there between the two units. Plus, this game is in Seattle. I think that makes a difference too. It's worth mentioning Boise State gets UCF at home next week. That's an old-school BCS buster matchup. I'm excited about that one. I don't think the Broncos will be overlooking Washington this week, but they truly cannot afford to do so if they want any chance to win this game. To recap, I have Washington minus 12 at home. That equates to an 80% win expectancy for the Huskies. Guys, next game here, uh, it's a good one. Game day is going there. It's North Carolina versus South Carolina in Charlotte. I have North Carolina minus three. It's an 80, uh, excuse me, a 58% win expectancy. North Carolina's power rated number 23. South Carolina's power rated number 36. Uh, South Carolina fans, I go down there on weekly radio all the, the, or during the season. South Carolina fans always hate me because my numbers don't like South Carolina as much as those fans think they should. And to be fair, South Carolina did overachieve and, and exceed my expectations last year, winning 1.9 regular season games more than I projected. So maybe they have a point. I don't know. Um, both these teams are similar. They have good, high-powered offenses and really an average defense by my numbers. Very little separates these defenses. I have South Carolina number 64. North Carolina, number 68. The difference for me in this one is North Carolina's offense is projecting to be just a smidge better, number 14 nationally, compared to South Carolina's number 24 nationally projection. 
Worth noting, North Carolina welcomes App State to Chapel Hill next week. And guys, we all remember last year's 63-61 barn burner in Boone. So the Tar Heels might have an eye on that game. They need to make sure they're focused on this one. I think they will be. It truly is a big rivalry game. I don't think there's too much um, concern here about a look ahead, but that App State game was just so much fun last year. It's hard not to look ahead as a fan. To recap, I have North Carolina minus three in this neutral site game here in Charlotte. It equates to a 58% win expectancy for the Tar Heels. Trent, what do you make of this game? Kelly, our, our numbers are agreeing finally. I've got North Carolina yeah. by three. So, okay. Yeah, um, two, two great offenses, all right defenses. <laughs> should, be, should be a fun one to watch for sure. Where do you have the North Carolina offense? I'm just curious because Drake May, right? Like he, he he's the difference maker. He's in the Heisman hype. He's being talked about as a top five pick in the NFL draft. I know the offensive line fell apart on him at the end of last year, and then the offense did too as a result. Where do you have this um, offense? If, if you can share, you know, your kind of a ranking for this team on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I'm not at that level of sophistication yet, um, but I've got the game gotcha. score at like 35 to 25. Okay, yeah. Like no, that. that's actually like that. sorry. Right, I'm right on the wrong line. I'm my not. Uh, I have my field goal. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. All no. All all good, man. You're good. I was I was just curious because again, that Drake May. Gosh, he's exciting. He's fun. This defense was not good last year. If the defense can be better and Drake May can stay upright and stay healthy. North Carolina could be a surprise team in the ACC. At least that's what I think. King, what about you? Yeah, I'm going the other direction here with you guys. I'm going to take South Carolina in this one. Um, Ooh, if you were to okay. ask me, I would, again, I'm no I'm no odds maker here, but I actually do lean South Carolina as a favorite here. So I'm going to take the points with the Gamecocks here. You guys talking about that North Carolina defense, I'm looking at that matchup between the South Carolina offense and the North Carolina defense. North Carolina was bad last year on defense, real bad. In the ACC, they were dead last in sacks, 12th in rush defense, dead last in pass defense, and allowed the most yards per game. Now you can look at that and say the only way is to go up is the only way they can go is up, and there's some truth to that. And I do think there are going to be improvements from there on, on the defense, but I still think there's going to be some significant holes there. And if you look at the South Carolina offense, on the other hand, they showed some flashes last year with Rattler. I'm a believer on Rattler. I like Rattler. Do I think he's elite? No, but I think he's a quality quarterback. But you look at that offense; they turned the ball over 20 seven times last year, which was right up there for the most in the FBS. So looking at that holistically, you think there should hopefully be improvement on both sides of the ball. You hope North Carolina defense is a little bit better. South Carolina, I'd, I'd bet that they are going to do a little bit better job of taking care of the ball this year. So I think uh, for the big thing, I think South Carolina is going to be able to put up points on North Carolina. They get their top receiving threat back. The other side, it's obviously the big thing is going to be stopping Drake May. Now, I look at South Carolina's defense, and I think their their strength is in the secondary. Last year, they really struggled against the run, allowing over 190 yards per game. That's really the big focus of the year, sharing up that run game, allow their athletes in the secondary to make the plays necessary. And I think that's going to be the the, the blueprint for South Carolina to win this game. I, I'm, I'm anticipating the, them to be a little bit better up front on the defensive side, and I think that secondary is going to do enough to, to make it a little bit of a difficult night for Drake May. Now, granted, there are going to be points here, but I'm leaning South Carolina in this one. I think they get the job done. All right, King. And actually, this is a pick'em game. So we're going to come back to this one later with some confidence points attached to it and all of that. This is the only pick'em game that we have in our five-game slate. Uh, King, we're going to come right back to you here. A game you wanted, a game I wanted. Oh, my goodness. It's LSU, Florida State. Please, King, 
tell us all about this game. Yeah, pumped about this one. This is the game of the week. This and Florida, Utah are, are my personal rankings on top two that I'm most excited for this week. So you got to love Sunday football. You talked about the whole weekend we're getting it here, Kelly. It, it's nice that we're going to get a, a, a great Sunday night game. There are games throughout the day as well, but before the NFL takes back over next week. So these are two teams that a lot of people are really high on this year. Florida State getting a lot of college football playoff love. A lot of people throwing them in their, their four People saying this LSU team, a lot more talented, maybe the most talented in the SEC West. So we know how this game came. Uh, we know how this game went last year. I'm anticipating a very similar game, very competitive game again this year. So not a ton to say for me on this. Good matchup on both sides of the ball. Florida State offense should be very good. Jordan Wilson, big uh, Jordan Travis. They got big physical receivers, elite running back talent, and Trey Benson. The offense is going to score some points. I mean, LSU defense. No Mason Smith. He tore his ACL last year in this game. It was looking like he was going to come back. He's big, big body for them in the middle of the defense. Big, good against the run. That hurts him a little bit. He's suspended for I think signing autographs. So that does take a little bit of toll on the run defense. LSU secondary rebuilt. So I think this is going to be a good matchup there. But I do think Florida State's going to be able to score some points. And on the other side of the ball, LSU, I mean, the, the big question mark this year is going to be Jaden Daniels. This is a guy that does, he played very well last year, but everybody's looking for him to take that next step to bring LSU back to that elite tier. I think he's going to be good. They get all five offensive line starters back. Malik Neighbors is a really tough threat on the outside. And Florida State defense, they're good. They got a great pass rush front seven, but that secondary is the question mark for me. They're a little bit undersized. I'm looking forward to that matchup and seeing how Daniels and that pass offense do versus that Florida State defense. So this is close for me. I'm actually going to lean Florida State. I'm going to take Florida State and the points here. I think this is a close one. And if you were to ask me, I, I believe Florida State is going to win this one outright in a very close game. I like that it's in Camping World in Orlando. I think that does give Florida State a little bit of an advantage. And uh, and this one, I, I think they get it done. Man, so much to unpack there. Trent, what do you make of this awesome game in Orlando? Yeah, I've got LSU by a point, uh, less than a point. So, uh you know, I can it can definitely go either way. It's going to be a great game. Um, there's there's a couple different methodologies I'm trying to use, and a couple of them said uh, Florida State, but the one I'm running with uh, for this year says LSU, so I'm sticking to it. Gosh, it's so hard when you when you've got your own numbers and you try to make a final decision. You're looking at all these different things, right? And you're incorporating all the things that go into your model, and it's like, oh my gosh, I could make a case for the other way, but this is what the numbers say. Am I going with it? And it's so hard, at least for me, Trent, to separate K Ford ratings, the model from Kelly Ford, the person. Like, it, I, I am allowed to have my own opinion. I need to be better about that and not just go strictly with the numbers. But it's so hard. That's the way our brains, you know, as engineers, are wired. So I get it, man. Hey, guys, this game is my number one projected game of the week. King, you, you talked about it, uh, guys. This is one of the top five games of the entire season by my numbers and what I'm looking at from a watchability standpoint. I actually have LSU minus four. It's a 61% win expectancy. LSU is power rated number five for me, while Florida State is power rated number 11. They were actually number 10 last week. Notre Dame has jumped them based on the Irish's good performance in week zero. Um, very close matchup on both sides of the ball, but I do give LSU the slight edge in both. Uh, I have the most, e or the, the most even matchup here is LSU's number 14 defense against Florida State's number 17 offense. Guys, both of these units are really good. On the other side of the ball, the Tigers have the number 10 offense, and they're going up against the Seminoles' number 19 defense. All four of these units, guys, are power rated within their respective unit ranks, number 10 to number 19. This is phenomenal. It's at a neutral site, which, you know, I'd actually prefer if this would have been a home and home, you know, last year in Baton Rouge, this year in Tallahassee, but I'm not going to complain too much. It's a great matchup. I'm going to take it. It's the marquee matchup of the week, as we talked about. 
LSU will have revenge on their mind following a 23-24 defeat to the Knolls in New Orleans last year. Last year was in their backyard. This year, it's in Orlando, Florida State's backyard. To recap, I'm taking LSU. I've got a minus four in this neutral site game in Orlando. It equates to a 61% win expectancy for the Tigers. Guys, those were five really good games. We're on kind of different sides of a couple of these, which I think is awesome. And someone's going to be right or someone's, and someone's is going to be wrong. Uh, I'm excited to see how it plays out. There's so much we don't know, right, Trent? I mean, I'm looking at you with some, some numbers here and King. As you're approaching college football, there's so much we don't know in week one. We're making real educated guesses here. The numbers are always educated guesses. But in the preseason and going into week one, more so than ever, there's the unpredictability, the the the, the just pent-up anticipation. It's been building for months. It's going to be awesome, guys. All right, quick hitters. King, uh, rapid fire here. Any games we didn't talk about already and that we're not going to hit on during the pick that you want to mention right now uh, for the listeners? I got three, and these are just games that I want to keep an eye on just for A, entertainment value, but also B, gambling purposes. These are ones I think are, are interesting to take a look at. There's some variables here. So real quick, 60, 90 seconds here. TCU at Colorado. TCU is a minus 20 and a half favorite over under 64. If you're looking at this from a gambling perspective, I think we are going to have heavy public to be on Colorado for this game. The environment of Boulder is going to be up there this weekend. One of the best in the country, no doubt. The excitement level there, we've all seen how the Colorado ticket sales, how everything has just exploded on campus. They're playing the national runner-ups. TCU lost a lot of talent. Colorado is going to be better this year, but I do think this is a game you tread with caution on if you take Colorado. My head tells me that the Buffaloes are the bet. You look at this from an immediate reaction standpoint, but I think there is a reason that this lines up to 20 and a half. I think TCU is going to be good again. I'm, I'd be hesitant to take Colorado in that one. The other one, the Battle of the Miamis. Miami of Ohio at Miami, Florida. Miami, Florida, 17 and a half point favorite over under 45. There's been some trash talking here between the team from the MAC and the Miami Hurricanes. Miami, Ohio players saying last week, we're going to show them who the real Miami is. I'm sure that's a great way to file up the hur- fire up the Hurricanes, but potential injury there to watch. Tyler Van Dyke dealing with a thumb injury, hit his head or hit his hand on a helmet in practice. Miami, Ohio, they're a talented team. They're going to have a good defense, but this is, they aren't on the same level as the Hurricanes, but without Tyler Van Dyke, that quarterback position is something to be worth watching. And the last one, I got to give a shout out to my Boilers. Fresno State coming to West Lafayette to play Purdue. Purdue's all the way down to a three and a half point favorite. I think that game was up at five or six when it opened. First game of the Ryan Walters era, grand opening of the new Ross Age Stadium renovation. Fresno traveling across the country for that 11 a.m. time slot. I know a lot of people like Fresno State there to potentially come in and upside, up, upset the Boilers, but I like Purdue at home here. I think Hudson Card, there's high reviews coming out of him on camp. I think that defense is going to be ready. I'm probably going to be the homer and take Purdue and lay the points there this week. We'll see. Haven't made the decision, but that's another good early a game in the early so- slot. So those are my quick hitters this week, Kelly. Trent, I'm going to filibuster here for a second and give you a chance to get your numbers ready. I'm going to be coming to you to hear what you think about these three games. If you have them available, I'm going to do it first, give you some more time here since we didn't give you advance notice about these three. King, I'll take them in the order that you hit them. Uh, My numbers have TCU minus 21 and a half at home against Colorado. It's a 94% win expectancy for the Horn Frogs. Uh, Yeah, this uh, Miami Bowl, man, I saw that trash talk and I was like, yikes, that's something that you probably want to say after you've played, if you've won, right? Like this is, to me, ooh, not sure about that one. I've got the Hurricanes by 16 in this one. It's an 87% win expectancy. 
And then the final one here, King, for you, and, and this actually is a pick'em game. We're, we're going to get to it here in a second, uh, but I know it's the Boilers. I know we got to talk about them. I have Purdue minus six. I know you said that line's been trending closer uh, to Fresno State. I have Purdue minus six in that one. It's a 67% win expectancy for the Boilers. Ah, you and Trent, you guys kill me talking about that 11 a.m. kickoff, you Central timers. I'm over here on the East Coast. It's noon for us. Um, but, yeah, we're not that far away, King, because a couple hours, but we're across that time zone. All right, Trent, I've done the best I can to slow talk that one. Do you have your numbers for your model for those three games? And if not, man, no worries. No. I was just curious. Yeah, I got them here. I have a TCU by 21. Uh, okay. Miami by only five. Um, so that's a little Ooh. bit of an eyebrow raiser. Um, and then, sorry, guys, I've got Fresno by eight. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, wow. Significant. By eight. So, see, yeah, there's there. There, there is some, you know, some analytic uh, mind and, and movement out there kind of on the side of Fresno State. I don't think I've seen anything all the way at Fresno minus eight. So that's that's big time there, Trent. That's that's putting it out for it. Uh, but I like it. All right, King. So there you go. There's what two different math models say uh, about those picks. Take it for what you will as you're formulating uh, what you're going to be doing. But Trent, how about you, man? Any quick hitters that you want to hit on uh, before we get into our pickums? No, let's get into it. Awesome, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be good too. I think the games we hit on are the are the right ones. Trying to be better about keeping us moving. So let's get right into it here. Uh, we're gonna go in order that they're listed on the ESPN app. I think that's listed in order of when these games kick off. King, you talked about it. It's an 11 a.m. kick. How about we do this? We'll go King, Trent, me. Let's give the winner. Let's give your confidence points. Remember, this is straight up. We're not picking against the spread. <laughs> Guys, if, you, if you've played in this competition before, it's hard enough to pick the straight winners, like let alone putting in the spread and all that stuff. So if you're new to the competition, welcome. We look forward to having you. The season-long winner will be our guest during Bowl Mania 2023. That's how Trent got here today, winning the 2022 Bowl Mania. Um, but we're just straight up here. Who's going to win the game? And then it's confidence points, one through ten. You get to pick each number once. Ten is your most confident. One is your least confident. Those are the rules of the road. King, we'll go to you. We'll hit Trent. We'll come to me. And that's what we'll do for all the games. This first one, Fresno State at Purdue. Purdue for six confidence points. All right, Trent. Fresno for six. Okay, I'm taking some notes over here. I am going to take Purdue for five. King, I actually forgot. We talked about this one already, too, a little bit. We've got Colorado on the road against TCU. What are we thinking here for the confidence points? I got TCU for eight. Trent, what about TCU you? TCU for 10. Trent, I'm right there with you, man. The model sees this as the biggest blowout of the slate in the pick'em. I'm going TCU, and I'm taking them for 10. Guys, this next game is actually pretty interesting. It's not every day that you've got a Power 5 team going to North Texas to take on the Mean Green. That's what's happening here. Cal at North Texas, Kinger. What are we making it? I got Cal for three. Trent? I got North Texas for two. Okay, there we go. A little disagreement. I'm going to go with Cal, and I'm going to take them for four points. Uh, guys, you know, we're uh, we're talking about some some Texas teams here. We've got UTSA, Meet Meep, going on the road to Big 12 newcomer Houston Kinger. What do you got in this one? Give me the Roadrunners for one. I've got the same. Trent? UTSA for one. 
I'm going to go on the other side, but I'm also going to use my one-pointer in this game. I'm going to take Houston for one point. I think being in Houston, you know, that crowd, they could be excited. This is the first game in the Power Five for them, not playing a Power Five team, but Houston's first game as a Power Five program, uh, at least since they were in the old uh, Southwest Conference. I think they're going to be excited. I think home field might be the difference. Give me Houston for one point. Uh, here's kind of a sickos type game, guys. We've got Army at ULM. That would be University of Louisiana Monroe. King, in the old We Hate Your Team days, we would have broke this game down. I'm excited with our new approach. I don't, no offense to these teams. Hey, thank you to the uh, Army and the service academies. I love it. ULM, nothing against you. I think we're making the right move, not breaking this one down. What do you think, King, in this game? Well, I'm glad you said it, Kelly, and not me. So I'm taking Army with four confidence points. Trent, what about you? We spared you a whole debate on this one. Again, I've got Army by four. Gosh, did you guys compare notes before this or what? All right, I'm going to take Army. I I know you didn't. You guys got different approaches, but man, I'm going to take Army as well. I'm going to take them with six confidence points. Guys, we hit on this one earlier. It's North Carolina, South Carolina, neutral site in Charlotte. Kinger, we already broke it down, but remind us, who's your winner and how many points? I got South Carolina for two. Trent? North Carolina was seven. Okay, there's a bit of a difference. Uh, I'm going to be with Trent on the side, but I'm going to be with King on the points. Give me North Carolina for two. Next game here. You talk about you know interesting ones. This one, it's not going to get a ton of eyeballs, but for me, it's Toledo at Illinois. Guys, Toledo is a favorite by my numbers in 11 out of 12 games this year. This is the only game that my numbers view Toledo as an underdog. They are the big favorites in the MAC. They have been in the past. Hasn't always worked out that way for them, but King, what do you make about this one? Toledo at Illinois. I got Illinois for nine. I think they're going to be too physically dominant in this one. Trent? Got Illinois for five. Okay. I'm going to join you guys at Illinois. I'm going to kind of split the difference a little bit. I'm going to take Illinois for eight. But if Toledo's able to find a way, um, just watch out. I like uh, Illinois in this game by nine and a half is what my numbers have. I think I've been forgetting to mention the spread. That's all right. Um, here we go, guys. Big one. It's the Big Ten primetime game on NBC. I will be writing about this game for thelines.com this week, as I will be every week in the NBC Big Ten primetime game. We have West Virginia on the road at Penn State. The West Virginia fans hate me because of King. The last or a couple shows ago, we did our power tiers and all that for the head coaching jobs. I put them in tier five. Good Lord. Biggest mistake ever was publishing that list on Twitter. King, what do you make in this game? Those West Virginia fans are brutal. Well, I'm taking Penn State for 10. This is my most confident this week. I just, I, I think Penn State's too talented of a team. I, I mentioned, I think they're going to be right up there with Michigan, Ohio State this year. I, I don't think West Virginia stands much of a chance. Trent, what about you? Yeah, I've got Penn State for nine. I, I don't think West Virginia has a chance. <laughs> All right, West Virginia fans, I'll be a little nicer, I guess, than King. I'm going to be right there with Trent. I'm taking Penn State. I'm taking them with nine confidence points. My numbers like the Nittany Lions by 19. Here's an interesting game, guys. A little off the radar. King, I wouldn't have, mind breaking, I wouldn't have minded breaking this one down. I know where you're it's going actually, with this. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty intriguing, man. It's uh, South Alabama at Tulane. My numbers like Tulane in 11 out of 12 games this year. The only game they're projected underdog is next week. They host Ole Miss. That'll be a good one. South Alabama's going to be one of the favorites in the Sun Belt West. I know I got Troy up there too. They got to go to Troy. That could be a, a difference maker, but these are two good G5 teams this year. It's a game to watch for sure. We didn't break it down, but it's not because it wasn't good. It just didn't quite make the top five. King, 
South Alabama at Tulane. No doubt about it. This is one that that people should keep an eye on this weekend, and, and I anticipate it being close. I got Tulane for seven. It's a little bit higher than I probably would have liked in this, but just how the numbers came out, that's where we're at. I do think they find a way to get it done, though. Trent? I've got Tulane for three. I'm going to join you guys on Tulane, and Kang, I'm going to match you with seven points. My numbers like the green wave here by about nine at home against South Alabama, but I'm excited about that one. It's going to be good. Uh, Here's a game, guys, that I'm excited about for all sorts of different reasons, not the ones we just mentioned. We have Northwestern at Rutgers. By my numbers, guys, these are the two teams projected to finish last in their respective divisions in the Big Ten. Um, I have Northwestern favored in just two games all year. I have Rutgers favored in just three games all year. Someone's got to win this one. It's going to be both teams' best chance to pick up a conference win. Kinger. This is a this is the bottom of the bottom of the barrel game in the Big Ten. We've got Northwestern at Rutgers. What do you make? Yeah, we'll call a spade a spade. It's going to be tough to get get up and get excited for this one, but I'm going to lean Rutgers in this one. Um, Northwestern could be in for a long year. How many points, King? I missed it. Five. Sorry, I didn't say that. Or yeah, five. You're good, uh, Trent. What Rutgers about you? Rutgers with eight points. Okay, a little confidence there in Rutgers. I'm going to go with you guys on Rutgers. I'm, I'm, I'm less confident. These games here, I don't know. My numbers probably, well, not probably, they're not accounting for um, kind of the circus that is surrounding the Northwestern program right now. I, it's hard to, to quantify what's going on there. So I'm actually going to take Rutgers with only three confidence points. I make it a three-and-a-half-point spread. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Rutgers uh, at home is able to win against Northwestern by more than that. Guys, that wraps up the Pick'em segment. Again, if you're listening, we, we put the link out there on social media. We'll keep we'll keep posting it. Please join our free Pick'em competition. You have nothing to lose. It is free to join. It'll take you you know, 15 seconds every week to pick, the, pick your winners, assign some points. And if you win, you have a chance to come on the show. Trent, I hope you had a good time. We had an absolutely great time hosting you. Trent, please tell everybody where can they find you on social media? Are your numbers out there for the public to consume? Just talk a little bit about where can people kind of check out your work if it's out there? And if not, where can they follow you uh, to get acquainted with you? Because I think people really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, give me a follow on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it now. Um, Trenton Sorensen is my handle. Um, I'm trying to post more on there, post my uh, lines for the, the weeks and trying to do some other stuff. Like, like I said, uh, trying to learning data science and try, trying to apply that to the college football wherever I can. I've done done a few interesting things in the past. You can scroll down the feed and look at it. But yeah, give me a follow. I love it, Trent. That's awesome. I am. We are now connected on, on Twitter. I've enjoyed checking out your stuff. It is really cool. Kinger, any last thoughts here for Trent? And we can't get out of here without some best bets, so I know we're coming to you for that. Yeah, absolutely, Trent. Great having you on the show. Appreciate it. And I look forward to, to following to see how the numbers do this year. Hopefully you have a successful season, too. There's no doubt in my mind that based off one, you're on, you're on the right track. But yeah, we got to hit some bets, so we get a little bit more aggressive. I, I announced two bets on the show last week. Ended up betting four games last weekend. Two and two, 500 start. Not the best, but not the worst. But we got five plays right now, a couple games we talked about tonight. Actually, I think we covered just about all these games tonight. I, 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 South Carolina plus two and a half. I got Illinois minus nine and a half. I got Florida State plus two and a half. I'm going to go ahead and lay the points with Purdue. Kelly, you convinced me I was leaning that way. And now that your number's like a minus six, I think that, that solidifies that play for me. And then I'm also going to take the Iowa Hawkeyes minus 24. I think they've got a pretty severe mismatch this week versus Utah State. They're, that Utah-Florida game, I will definitely be getting in on some action on that. But we got those five plays to start to kick off week one. 
I think the only one that I haven't commented on already, King, you said that Iowa game. I actually have Iowa minus 22 and a half. So again, I'm close to, to that number where you're at, but I think I'd be just slightly on the other side. Trent, uh, you know, as an Iowa State guy, I'm sure you've got some Iowa numbers. Hit us with it. Uh, what, what do your numbers make Iowa in this Utah State it. game? Trent Stewart and some Iowa State. Uh, Iowa so, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, he's like Iowa by 11 is what I have. Oh, there it is. That's 10 minus 10 points because of the Iowa State bias, Trent. Get used to it as you grow that brand on Twitter. Uh, people love to say you're a homer. I tried for a long time to hide my fandom. I remember, King, we started the first episode of We Hate Your Team. You're like, Kelly, you're a big Ohio State fan. I was like, bro, whoa, hold on now. I'm not like out there with that stuff. We got right into it right away. It's all good. It's the way it goes. It's been fun. People are going to say what they say. The numbers are the numbers at the end of the day. That's what it is. But Trent, Thank you so much for joining us. This has been so much fun. Our debut guest here as we kick off season three of We Hate Your Team. We appreciate you. This was great. I'm gonna be, you know, I'm I'm coming for you in this pick'em competition, man. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be upset if you beat me in the regular season as well. So I'll have my eye on you. What's your uh what, what is your entry name? Is it like Trent Sorensen uh, or something like that? What's your it's entry name? Like Tarsier. <laughs> oh, see, that's why I asked because I that's not a not one I would have guessed. All right, I'm in there as K Ford ratings. King, are you in there as Kings? As Kinger, Kings. King, 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 King Z, Kings. King okay. Z, yep. King Z's in there as well. Guys, get in that Pick'em competition. It's going to be fun. Uh, can't wait for this season. It's going to be a blast. We'll be back next week with another guest previewing the week two games. But until then, enjoy week one of the 2023 college football season.